That's right, it's time to break down the latest in the badass fantasy football league. I'm your host Adib, and this is Unbaffled. Bitch, I did it, I made it, I'm loved and I'm hated. I started from the bottom, now my neighborhood is gated. They say drink to your accomplishments. So We're every back. Welcome to the fourth episode of Unbaffled, the one and only podcast dedicated to breaking down the badass fantasy football league. DX and Devin are back to dissect all things Baffled, and I know they have a lot on their minds. Before we get to that, just a reminder that you can check out Baffle.ca for all your latest Baffle info, including exclusive content from the Baffle creative team. In this week's episode, we reminisce on Week 5 action, take a look at some additional stories that grabbed everyone's attention, and then Corey and Devin break down all the upcoming matchups from Week 6. As everyone knows, COVID-19 and NFL scheduling changes have already had quite the impact on the fantasy season. Thanks to some Tuesday night football, waiver wire processing has been pushed to Thursday, so we won't be talking about that today. In an exciting week 5, James's Pepsiland Nordiques exploded for all of the points, beating Corey's Farhaven Fuckboys 164-113. to The Nordiques are now 4-1 and, and sit in 4th, while the Fuckboys are 1-4 and, and sit in 12th. Devon's Aquarium Avenue Magikarps handled God's work for this week, beating Nick's Sith Lords 108-82. The Magikarps move to 3-2 and remain in 7th, while the loss drops the Sith Lords to 1-4 and 10th. In what very well could be a playoff preview, Bobby's Laurier Bank Robbers demolished Chris's Edgar Broskis 147-112. The Robbers improved to 4-1 and, and sit in 3rd, while the skis took their second tough loss against contending teams and dropped to 3-2 and two and sit 6th. In a battle of bottom feeders, Brent's Brokeback Belleville defeated AJ's Caserta Band-Aids 104-83. With their first win of the season, Belleville gets out of last place and moves to 11th, while the Band-Aids remain winless and sit last place in 14th. In what turned out to be the matchup of the week, Noel's Mustache Mystics narrowly edged out Devon's Street Sharks, 101-99. Both teams are now 4-1, with the Street Sharks in 2nd and the Mystics in 5th. In the matchup of the Meek, Collins' Delamere Dog Pound barely survived against Pearson's Minotary Big Guys, 90-84. The Dog Pound are 2-3, and three, moving up to 9th, while the Big Guys continue their tailspin to 1-4 and, and drop to 13th. And finally, all of this means we have a third team that has taken a turn atop the baffle standings. My parole models remain undefeated and move into first after beating Jamie's McFarves 129 to 105. The McFarves drop to two and three and remain in eighth. So those are the standings through five weeks. What stories have your attention? I don't really know if, if we're going to call it a story or whatnot. I love talking about Pearson. <laughs> like he is actually like a walking baffle newsreel. Let's do like a deep dive into some of this stuff because I, I hit him up every week and I'm like, Pearson, your team is uh isn't doing very good. Maybe I could I could help you out avoid a goldfish child. Not like blockbusters. I think one time I like offered him Naheem Hines for a fifth round pick and AJ Green a couple of weeks ago. And he was just like, no, no, I'm good. I got a big free agent signing coming up. That's really going to shake things up. And like, I don't, I don't need to trade with you. I don't need your garbage. And then nothing happens. He puts up, you know, 58 points and here we are again. So anyways, like I said, I, I did a little deep dive into some numbers. So we're going to play like the numbers game. I'm going to quickly name a number and then it's going to be pretty astounding. I hope we're going to start off with 40.65 and that is his average margin of defeat. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then we're going to go with... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and, and I'll give Pearson credit. I didn't factor in week one. He had a layup playing Corey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what I was going to say is like Corey's <laughs> laughing at that 40 point whatever margin yeah. of feet. He's on the other end of his headset with tears streaming down Bro, his face. All I could think of, all I could think of when you said margin of victory is like, please, nobody calculate mine. Yeah, like yours isn't great either. So like his probably would have been a little bit better, but yeah, he's currently being beaten by more than forty points a week. The next number is going to be the number sixteen, and that's the percentage amount of points that Justin Tucker scores for his team every week. <laughs> Oh my I, god! I did that's some so quick. High. I did some quick math because I was like, "Oh, maybe that's not terrible." But then I realized that my kickers attribute for about seven percent. So he's got <laughs> he's got like a hundred and ten percent more kicker points. I'm so glad you're doing this segment, not me. Like I don't know how to do math. <laughs> okay, the next one here is the number twenty-three, and that is the total number of free agent running backs that have scored more points than Duke Johnson and LaMichael Perrine. <laughs> Combined or each? No, just each. Just oh, each. Okay. Uh. Um, that doesn't include Saquon Barkley, who played one half of a football game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then 7.8, and that is the total amount of points that his flex position has scored for him. Oh, my God. Through five weeks. Through the four weeks, because I didn't look at week one. Four weeks. Yeah. Okay. So he's averaging under two points from his flex position per week. For the last month. (laughs) For last month. That includes he had Benny Snell for a negative 1.4. He had AJ Green at 0.8. Uh, the list goes on, and his roster is just ridiculous. I love looking at it week to week. He's currently rostering the running back 82 and the <laughs> running back 95, and two of his wide receivers are number 93 and number 100. <laughs> Jesus. And currently, he's got a tight end empty because Hunter Henry's on by. Yeah, and like and, I looked at his no roster flex. today, and I thought it was funny just because like everyone was on the bench for him, and I was like, that's probably how it should be. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Kaylee's going to absolutely murder him if he walks in one day with a fish. And he's doing absolutely nothing to help himself out. I was going to make a list of him to be like, pick up these three running backs and these three wide receivers and your team will be miraculously better. And then I was like, why am I helping him? I've thought about this fish thing quite a bit because I'm right in the mix. Whether Chomps goes to Pearson this year or like even a decade from now, I'm convinced that the first time Chomps dies, it's going to be at Pearson's house. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think he'll tell us about it or will he keep it a secret? 100% he's telling us. 100% he's telling us. He told us a story about the time he pissed his pants in front of Kaylee's grandmother. Like, of course (laughs) he's going to tell us. Of course he's going to tell us that he killed the dumb fish. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a picture of a dead fish that's like, completely white like is no longer orange and he's gonna be like guys how do i fix him <laughs> like he's fucking dead pearson the best is gonna be how kaylee tells the story after because yeah, she always exactly. brings it up by a hundred percent i hope we're out of the pandemic so we can hear it in person yeah oh, anyways that that's okay. my storyline and i hope pearson never changes because the content he creates is just amazing and it's so easy for us so if I've tried to get you to say something nice about Pearson's team. <laughs> I mean, Justin Tucker is the MVP. I think I said that week one and it continues to hold true. He might be bet- more important to him than Lamar Jackson is right now. I guess we'll move to the second story. Okay, hang on here. Let me crack open my partake. No free ads. <laughs> I am coming straight for the commissioner today. 
Okay, I want to talk about Bobby, which I hate doing because he's a huge fan of ours. But realistically, he's a huge fan of anything that brings revenue to this league. But <laughs> we have to talk about our COVID rule changes. <laughs> Heading into Sunday, the basic rule was if the game is canceled within 24 hours of Sunday, 1 p.m., you get the projected points of the player in your starting lineup. If it was before 1 p.m. Saturday, you have to find a replacement. Well, doesn't the Pats game get canceled Sunday morning with Cam Newton still on the COVID IR and here comes Commissioner Pretzel because that's exactly <laughs> what he did to my brain with his tsunami of shit, okay? The rules were basically set from the week before, but no, Kamish Pretzel wanted his cam points. He's sending us screenshots of beat reporters saying he's asymptomatic and he's going to play, but like, you can be asymptomatic and still have fucking COVID. He's arguing that if a player on COVID IR can't get the points, then why should a questionable player? But a questionable player is highly likely to play, Robert. In fact, he even <laughs> voted no for Colin to get points on AJ Brown, who was questionable <laughs> to play Tuesday. Do you guys know what AJ Brown did last night? Seven <laughs> receptions, 82 yards, and a fucking touchdown. And I don't even want to get into the nitty gritty details of the conversation. In fact, I only really remember certain points of it. It was just wild that we took four hours going back and forth while I'm trying to enjoy the pumpkin patch with my children <laughs> about questionable players versus COVID IR players. It was so mind-boggling. The classic line from Bobby was, COVID IR is not actually IR. Is it not in the name? <laughs> Are honey crisp apples an apple? Are gal apples an apple? Yeah, they're fucking apples. Fast forward... And Nick misses the entire conversation. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we go from let's accommodate everybody with COVID to fuck everybody and everything. And let's throw <laughs> out the rules that we set out two, two weeks prior. So now, there's no rules whatsoever. If your player has COVID and the game gets canceled, you're screwed. Which is totally fine with me. Honestly, it is. And I really didn't care whether you got the cam points or not. It was just hilarious, like the IR versus questionable chatter. It was just completely mind-boggling. It was like death by disagreement. So I'm glad that we landed on this fuck you no matter how we got there. Until this impacts Scarsgrove, we probably won't have to talk about it again. <laughs> but I want to be clear. And I want to make it known to the masses that I had multiple GMs reach out to me confidentially stating that they would like this discussed on the podcast as they were upset with the, with the uh, commissioner's handling of the situation. And this wouldn't be the first time that the Iron Fist is in hot water, as you'll all remember. So we'll see if anything comes out of this. But I say that he has a much harder time passing the kicker elimination rule that he's been gunning for with this collapse of trust amongst <laughs> our fellow GMs. This all started because in his mind, Cam Newton was questionable because beat reporters said he wants to play or that he could possibly play. But questionable is an official designation on an injury report. An injury report, which because the Pats were supposed to play Monday, right? They didn't have to submit until Saturday. As of the latest injury report, Cam Newton was still on an IR, not questionable. So where did he get this idea that Cam Newton is questionable? I don't know. <laughs> it, it fit his narrative because the whole time he was like, I've been planning all week to start Cam Newton. There wasn't a doubt in my mind that Cam Newton was going to be my starting quarterback. So then I like checked his starting lineup and sure as fuck, Cam Newton, there he is on the IR spot. Oh, it's weird that you're 
starting quarterback is not starting for you right now. <laughs> Who did he have? Like Tannenhill or something like that? He just didn't want Goff. to play him? Goff. Goff. Yeah. Goff. yeah Goff. Who actually went off, by the way. So he's, he was better off, but it's just like... <laughs> yeah, it was like in the, first, in the first quarter of the, the 1 p.m. games, he's like, thanks for making me start Goff, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh, and so the other thing I'll say is every league right now is dealing with how to handle COVID. And so I was talking with another group of people discussing what measures some leagues were taking in response to COVID. And I explained what we were doing originally. And someone in the group happened to say, that's pretty crazy and that they would never vote for that. And I was a total dick, just like complete asshole saying how like, maybe we care about making the league fun more than we care about screwing our friends with last minute injuries. This is good for the league. And then we fast forward to Sunday morning. I wake up and the league group chat is already 200 messages deep, which is rarely the case unless I'm involved already. So I'm like, something bad has happened. <laughs> so and I'll then, tell you, uh, it's funny. Sorry to interrupt. It, it's it's funny because when it started coming down, I was like, yeah, guys, fantasy football at the heart of it is fun and good natured. Exactly. And we're all pals. Let's just have a good time. And like, no one wants to start a team like Pearson's. Everyone yeah. wants to have a good time. And then throughout this I, I went to the grocery store with megan's list in my hand and i got craisins instead of raisins i got non-organic baby mum mums <laughs> i got i just yeah, i butchered the list yeah. i tried my best but it, it just wasn't good enough like i got whole grain bread not ancient grain bread so she's like pulling it all out because we lysol everything down and she's like jesus oh my god just yeah, beating yeah. the shit out of me and then i pick up my phone again and i was like Listen, you fucks. Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit about flexibility. I was like, you're all going down with me. We're not making any changes. And then for some reason, everyone was like, yeah, I'm good with that. And I like threw my phone down and fucking put my craisins away and was all pissed off. <laughs> oh my God. So that's the thing too. I went back to that group. I admitted how wrong I was. I should have never voted for it. You know, it's bad when Nick came in to be the voice of reason. If he didn't come in, start questioning everything we'd still have that dumb rule for questionable yeah. players. His famous line was just, that's a lot of messages. I'm not going to read any of them, and I don't really care about the rule. But, and then he went on like a 17-message tangent about the rules. And then we ended up changing it because of that. And like, fair enough to him too. He was like, I really don't care to read all these because it literally, we decided two weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's like, I don't care. The last thing I'm going to say on this is that, Jay, if you're listening to this, I already told you on Sunday, but I'll say it again, and I was wrong. Do you guys want to talk about the one trade that happened this week? Brent sent Marquise Brown to Collins Dog Pound in exchange for DeAndre Swift. I'm not sure that this trade is totally balanced, but it's pretty close. I like Brown a fair bit better, but I understand that he gave up Brown to address a need. So good for them, but I mean, ultimately... This trade is as irrelevant as both of these teams, right? I mean, yeah. We could talk more about what Colin's situation looks like now at Whiteout because it's pretty stacked, but I also like Brown a bit more. I thought the trade was like decently fair. If DeAndre Swift, I see his role increasing as the year goes on. And if he does, he's like a young good back for Brent to have. Potentially, who knows, by the end of the season, like there's still a lot of football left. DeAndre Swift could solidify himself as a number one, then that trade looks really, really good for him. But I think it helps both teams in the end. Right. Yeah, it was it was nice team. to see like a like a football trade, right? Where it wasn't just like dumb first round picks flying around. It was like, I need a wide receiver. I need a running back. Here you go. Boom, boom. 
probably sold low on Brown yeah. at the beginning of the year. The hype was probably too much on him, but I think part of that is like Lamar or maybe just Baltimore is so good that they don't need to throw him the ball as much as you know people are kind of projecting. Yeah. He was like, one of the top in terms of air yards missed. He, he was like top of the list. And I think Brown was like the number one name of every single buy low target article that week. Yeah, yeah so, so I but, think it definitely helps call in. And I don't think he would have, even though his team's in a tough situation with some of the players he's starting, I don't think losing Swift hurts him at all. No. And for Brent, it's like he's in a position right now where he's like, do I give up completely or do I like move some pieces? Like he still has Galladay a wide out and some other pieces. It's like, why don't I just move Brown? He's kind of struggling a bit and get a young running back and hopefully he pans out. If Swift develops into anything, he's probably going to go down that road of hopefully keeping him. So that's the trade. There was no waiver wire this week. That's all being processed tomorrow. And, you know, we've been making our picks for each matchup for three weeks now. And because there's no waiver wire, I thought we could use this spot to talk about how we're doing. Hmm. So far, we've all been pretty even. Corey is 12 and 9. Devin, you're 11 and 10. I'm sitting at 15 and 6. And so with that, let's jump right into the previews. (laughs) Jesus. Who wants to go first? And where are you going with it? I'll I'll jump in first and and you know we were just talking about Colin so let's uh, let's focus on his matchup with uh, Noel's Mustache Mystics. Noel's probably my favorite team right now. I mean maybe it's part like I just love Noel. You know he's taking great care of Chomps. Just his team is exciting. Like you look at his running backs and and it's just like Miles Sanders finally showed up last week. So it's just like and Jones is off his bye week. Holy shit, this team is terrifying. They could literally all go for like two touchdowns. So I'm just picturing him on Sunday watching the game with chomps it just brings me so much joy (laughs) it really does and then on the flip side like yeah we talked about Colin's team it was like a little iffy I think they've mostly been banged up I don't think it's that guys aren't playing to their level or scoring enough or anything like that I think it's literally like when you don't have Devontae Adams we don't have AJ Brown you're not going to score a ton of points and now they're both back he picked up Brown for Swift, who he probably wasn't going to ever play anyways. And all of a sudden, his team doesn't look terrible. I was leaning on picking him just because I always pick Noel. But then I saw that he's still starting Matt fucking Ryan. <laughs> and we talk about it every week. And he even writes like, guys, listen to the podcast. And it's like, I know Matt Ryan. And here he is again with Matt fucking Ryan. I'm never going to pick Matt Ryan. I'm so upset right now. I'm going Noel. I think this one's going to be so close. What a difference it is for Colin being healthy now. You could yeah. say that about most teams, but he's getting healthy at the right time to save his season. Keenan Allen's on a bye and his receivers are so stacked. And the Mystics, as much as I love, yeah, thinking of Noel watching the game with Chomps, he's also starting fucking Ben Roethlisberger and Eric Ebron against Cleveland, <laughs> which makes me want to eat my own shit. I think Jefferson's going to eat against Atlanta, but I can't take someone with two Steelers, especially when they're against the Browns. And I think Matt Ryan is going to chew up Minnesota's D. Chew, chew up Minnesota's D, so I'm going with the dog pound this week. If there was ever a week for Matt Ryan to bounce back, this is the week. Minnesota's pass defense has been terrible for some reason, and I'm not totally sure why, but they haven't been able to stop anybody. Matt Ryan has been so bad. If there's any semblance of him not being washed up... Can you just stop stroking off Matt Ryan and make your pick? Okay, I'll pick Colin. So here's what's going to happen. If Matt Ryan goes off, I'm going to pretend like nothing ever happened. But if he shits the bed again, I'm going to go on a 15-minute fucking rant about (laughs) Matt Ryan and you guys and Colin. 
That's fine. Next week. That's fair. Perfect. Thanks. That's Writes fine. itself. <laughs> so there you go. That's your story is Matt Ryan for next week. I fucking week. hope so. All right. Let's talk about Pearson and the big guys versus the deep and the pro models. Right off the bat here, not to make matters worse for the big guys, but I mean, he's going against the first place team. <laughs> Jackson, like Lamar's knee injury is just making matters so much worse. If he's not running, you really can't rely on him for elite numbers. He's lucky Adib has Kamara on a bye, but be real here, he's not going to come close. He can't even start one of his only plug-and-play positions, which is tight end. Like, somehow <laughs> his only plug-and-play positions are QB, tight end, and kicker. Yeah. And, one of them's, <laughs> and one of them's gone. And it's crazy to say, Adib, like, I'm looking, you got Hardman, Gore, and Gage starting. Yeah. And it's not even a question that you're winning this week. <laughs> hey, man, Hardman's been good. Hardman's been good. I'm just saying. But yeah, Hardman. Right. I don't feel good about Gore. Gage. Based on what you Gore. could be, like on your on your full roster, this has probably got to be your roughest week. It's, and you're it's still going to yeah. pump him. And he got Pearson. Like being in first isn't enough. I said in the group chat, I chalked up week six to a loss. And then I was like, wait a second. What if by some miracle I play Pearson that week? And I fast forwarded to week six, was like, who am I playing? And I could not have been happier. Yep. Of course, that means by some miracle, Pearson's probably going to win. <laughs> I got a deep. We're all picking me, right? Yeah. Can we just do the over-under for Pearson? Oh, team? right. Is Pearson going to get to 60 points? <laughs> Man, it's such a toss-up because he still has his tight end and his flex blank. And his he's... defense is on a bye, by the way. And his defense. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know why he's not plugging these guys in, but like I got to imagine Cole Beasley is going to play for him. Hopefully, hopefully he's playing. <laughs> his flex. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, he has to. He's for sure putting Johnson and then, in. And then I'm thinking Dernis Johnson and Burkhead. Are you really going to roll out P. Ryan and Johnson again? I think he's riding P. Ryan this week for sure. Just because he wants him to go off. And so yeah. he could be like, I told you guys. Like, I know I know the New York Jets. <laughs> of all the teams <laughs> to know. know. Yeah. Big Jets guy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say, oh, man, I don't know. Dude, I don't know if he's getting to 60. He might get 60. I'll say under 70. Like, he, he won't hit his projected 69 I don't think so either. I'm and that's either. like, he doesn't have three guys. He's projected for 69. He doesn't have three guys in his lineup. Even if he puts three guys in his lineup, I don't think he's getting there. I'll go over 60. You guys were right last week, by the way. You said over and he went over. He got to 84. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is like by far his best week. <laughs> nice. All right. So we don't need to talk about Pearson's team anymore. It's depressing. But also, but, also, but yeah, it makes you feel better about your team, right? So yeah. kind but of. But yeah, let's talk about the fuck boys. Playing the bank robbers. Can you um, say that again for me? Nope. It's a one-time thing. You can, <laughs> you can maybe loop it during your editing. Fuck boys. Fuck boys. Fuck boys. <laughs> I'm just realizing this now. Like, why hasn't Bobby changed his team name? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was, honestly, it was in my beginning rant. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> like, I don't, it's the well, little now things, Devin right? It it's up, like, so you gotta, it's like, can it's you like, just, can you take this league seriously? Like, you're yeah, already like, trying bro, to walk over us, trying to yeah. walk all over us with the yeah. fucking COVID rules and starting yeah. Cam Newton. Now you don't even have the, uh, fuck. Right. Do you even <laughs> care about this league? Yeah, that's it. It's insane. Anyways, anyways, back to you the matchup. Yeah, yeah, fucking Bobby. It's too bad because he's probably like, he's the first one to listen to this podcast every week. And he's just yeah. going to be like, wow, like I did not, I, I kind know. of expected this, but yeah. <laughs> they just, they really hate me. No, no, man. We only, we only send the train over people when they least expect it. Bobby, the guy, great guy. Bobby, the commissioner. He's done some questionable yeah, things. A little, a little iffy. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, let's talk about this matchup though. When I clicked on this matchup earlier today to do a, a little bit of a little bit of research, I was like, hey, you know what? This is gonna be the fucking the week that Corey can stop bitching about how his best player is not in his roster. Guys, guys. <laughs> I'm only I'm only averaging sixty points a week because my best player is or <laughs> guys, I'm only averaging whatever because my best player punched his fucking teammate in the mouth like an idiot <laughs> yeah. and then mouthed off to his co his coach was like oh michael do you mind like saying sorry and he was probably like fuck you sean and he was just <laughs> like okay you're not playing and then sure shit he's on a bye yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. just like fuck here we go again yeah. actually looking at his team like i don't mind your team crowder is sneaky good and like it was amazing it was just poetic that he he went off last week too but i was like i don't mind him Diggs catches 10 balls a game I think Freeman has found his role. I kind of like your team. Is Debo, this is Debo's first game back? Second. No, this will be his third. Okay. How did he do last his third game back, guys? He didn't do too, too great. He was the first week back. They said he was going to be super limited. Last week, they obviously, Jimmy had an absolute Yeah, that dead. was an ugly week. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing that. Him out. Two so catches for eight. He's really my only option other than Cam Akers for the flex. Yeah, he's just such a weapon that it's like, how do you not integrate him into the game? And that's why I was surprised with like when McKinnon did absolutely nothing because they gave everything yeah. to monster. You would think that you need all the help you can get. You need all the playmakers. Like, let's mix it up a little bit. Can I go on a little bit of a rant about my team or do you want to wrap up? You absolutely can rant yeah, about your yeah, team. Yeah, go ahead. So like, despite outscoring all but three teams this week, the fuckboys are officially in trouble. I had faith. I honestly did going into last week, but now I'm just completely fucked. I'm feeling good about the matchup. Like I'm looking at things going into week four. I'm looking at James's team. I'm like, oh baby. Eckler's out. Here comes big Joshua Kelly. Here are his rush attempts and receptions per game. Week one, his first NFL game, 12. Week two, 25. Week three, 10. Week four, 12 thinking jesus when this like he's got a role right i'm thinking like when eckler goes down this guy's gonna light it up so everything i'm reading heading into the week is he's running like a stud he's the real deal they love him eckler goes down i'm just laughing josh kelly's the picture on every single waiver wire article the first <laughs> line of every article is if your league is incredibly dumb and somehow kelly isn't rostered he better be your number one ad this fucking guy gets 12 touches Monday night. <laughs> like, that's the exact same amount that he got in his first NFL game. Hey, man, you said he had a role, and, and that was his role. His role is 12 <laughs> touches a game. Oh, he, my he God. Did not look, he did not look good. He did not look good. Oh Justin Jackson had God. 20 touches, by the way. Yeah, but he looked good. <laughs> yeah, he had good. 20 like, touches, he was... but, J but Jackson had one long run. I looked at one point, and it was like nine rushes for Jackson, and he had like 36 yards. And his longest run was 37. <laughs> I was like, why is Josh Kelly not getting the ball? <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Anyway, maybe it'll change up, but they're on a bye this week, so who the hell knows? Anyways, I, we've, we've spent way too long yes. talking about a 1-4 team. So I think I have to take Bobby's team. Like, his team isn't anything exciting. They're pretty consistent. They have their roles there. Robinson and Davis and Hopkins. Man, even Parker now. They're all getting the ball consistently and a shit ton. And now that Jonu Smith is doing touchdown after touchdown, I'm scared for Corey. I'm taking Bobby this week. Yeah. All right. Well, I haven't forgotten about what we talked about earlier, and I'm mad at Bobby. So I don't care that he's projected <laughs> to beat you by 17 points. And if I'm honest, I think he'll probably beat you by more than that. But I also have a lead in our picks. So I am taking the fuck boys. Yeah, you're you're a man of principle. Right? <laughs> yes, it like feels that. good. Feels good. So you you got one person on your side, Corey, in this one. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> To make yourself feel better, 
you now get to talk about Devin's Magikarps. All right, so this is the Magikarps and the Broskies, eh? So Chris is finally forced to make some roster moves with all the <laughs> buys that he has, with his kicker and his defense, so we'll see. But if this guy ever complains about luck again, I swear to God. The week Jacobs is on a buy, Dalvin Cook decides that he's going to bust himself and explode. So all of a sudden, he has another stud in Alexander Madison that he can just insert in for Dalvin Cook while he has Jock J- Josh Jacobs on a bye week. If this guy ever complains about luck again, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. And then poor Devin. Poor Devin. Like, looking at your roster, like, you really have, like, I mean, I I get Godwin's been out. That really sucks. You really have Murray and Waller, who are the two guys that you're like, you know you're going to get a shit ton from them. Waller's on a bye, which sucks ass for you. Is Godwin supposed to be back or no? He's, He's listed as questionable. I don't know what that means. He practiced limited today. Yeah, he hasn't been cleared to play, but fuck, I need him. And, like, man, you've been relying on some backups, like, at the running back (laughs) position all season long. Literally every time I read your running backs, it's just a constant violin playing in my head. Like, it's (laughs) disgusting. And, like, I just think you're, like, I think your luck is, like, going to run out soon. Like, I shouldn't say luck. I should be giving you kudos for the way that you've managed these plebs. You've gotten the most you can out of them, but I think it's going to like run out starting this week. So I think Chris and the Broskis take it pretty easily this week. So it's kind of amazing because I also was like, man, his running back situation, what's going on? But he only has one real running back on the IR. So I get where Eckler went. But how did you end up with this collection of running backs? McKinnon, Hilliard. Hines, Edmonds, <laughs> Harris. Yeah, Each dude. of these guys is a backup. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. But it you was need like, to go through week to week and see what these guys are putting up for them. Yeah, it's insane. Like, like, like you think that like Edmonds is the backup, like without a doubt. But he gets a shit ton. Like he's their third down back, switching to half PPR. Like he gets targets. I think they're getting sick of Drake, so like maybe they feature him a little bit more eventually. I don't know. And then with McKinnon, you brought up the other week, Adib. Like he's scoring touchdowns all the time. Yeah. And Harris was a guy that I read training camp reports on him being like the guy. And then he broke his thumb or something like that. So he was on IR for a while. Before the season, they were like, he may actually be the clear lead back in New England. And last week, he did pretty good. He had 17 yeah, seventeen carries for 100 yards on the dot. Now that may change, and he may not get a carry next week or this week. But fuck, yeah. let her ride. So who are you guys taking in this one? Cosgrove. Yeah. I mean, look at his team. Yeah, he How looks do really you... good. I will also take Cosgrove. If you're looking for a tight end, Jimmy Graham can be had for a very reasonable price. Honestly, let's talk bench running backs, but that's a separate conversation. Okay. Yeah. You mean you mean my starting running backs though. <laughs> yeah, <potentially. laughs> like, yeah. Bench running backs. I was like, oh, what? Do I have any of those? What's the next matchup that's on your mind? It's back to me, and we're gonna talk about the ultra thrilling Street Sharks against the Band-Aids. And it was funny because you know, when I was doing my podcast surveys, every so often I like to like touch base with our fans and see like, you know, what's going well, what's going a little, you know, a little iffy, like what can we improve on? And it was funny because Devin mentioned, he's like, well, I think like the previews are, are a little too long. And I'm like, oh, really? Because a few other people mentioned they enjoy when we talk about their teams and like trash them or talk about how good they are. And he's like, oh, yeah, but like who the fuck cares about Brent's team? (laughs) 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 And I was like, yeah, but like maybe Brent likes when we talk. And then I like I flipped to this matchup and I was like, oof. 
this is the actual example. Like, nobody cares about this game, right? Yeah, this <laughs> like, game sucks. Yeah, and I was looking, I was like, hmm, storylines. Or I was like, maybe I could, like, find a theme or, or literally anything to talk about. Nobody gives a shit. I mean, like, maybe the storyline is, like, how the Band-Aids are 0-5 and, like, how good Chomps would look, you know, in AJ's brand new house or something like that. <laughs> but then I looked at Devin's team, I was like, man, his team's pretty banged up. And plus with a couple of iffy matchups, his running backs are complete trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, not that AJ's team is any good at all, but like if he can't beat a team starting carry on Johnson, he can't beat any team in this league. So I'm actually going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say AJ is going to win this week. He's going to beat Devin. And Devin's going to lose his fucking shit on the chat. Yeah, dude, (laughs) with all the buys, Devin's team this week is an absolute gong show. It is a gong show. Like, if Kittle doesn't put up 40, look out. All it takes is AJ getting one meaningful, decent player through the waiver to play in his flex to get a W. That's all it's going to take for him. Even then, I think he could probably play James White and be okay. I'm thinking this week, is it Brandon Ayuk? I yes. think yeah. he. I think he's gonna go off this week. I just have a feeling. I said a be Debo? completely wrong. No, fuck it. They can both go off. I don't care. We <laughs> hey, we got the over. Let's go. Yeah, right. that's All true. Right. We got over fifty one. Let's go. Versus versus, if you look at Sheehan's team and it's like I don't know Henderson. Yeah, he got that one yard touchdown last week. Other than that, he didn't really show a ton. Carry on yeah. Johnson, like fuck, is garbage. McLaurin catching passes from who exactly this week? Is Alex, it Kyle Allen? Allen? Allen again? No, it's either Kyle way. It's like, either way, like e. Anyways, I mean, who do you have? I'm I'm taking the band aids. So this is funny because I actually am also going to take the Band-Aids. I did not think that we would have a sweep. Well, I thought if we were going to have a sweep on this one, it wasn't going to go this way. And I mean, Sheehan could very well win and we'd be like, whatever. No one sure. actually cares about this matchup. Yeah. So. yeah. The one thing that I think will help AJ is although Tampa Bay's defense has been very good so far, I think Aaron Rodgers is playing at a level that he is mm-hmm. actually unstoppable right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he will have another 30-point game, at I least. I believe it. I think if that happens, then AJ's in good shape. Now we can go to Corey's next matchup. All right, so let's talk about Brent and uh, Brokeback Belleville, and let's talk about Nick and his Sith Lords. So I take back what I said about Ronald Jones, okay? <laughs> Like, I feel like I need to, I'm not apologizing to Nick. I'm apologizing to Ronald Jones because I feel <laughs> like he's been a great start. Dak done for the year stinks, but like Nick's got to start streaming and just get over it, really. Missing Cooks this week, Dalvin Cooks, sorry, not Cooks. That's going to suck because he's out this week probably, and then next week they go into a bye. So these are two huge weeks for Nick and one that broke back really needs to capitalize on. If Julio doesn't play, it looks like as of now, Nick's going to have to throw in Patrick. So Brokeback sucks that Justin Jackson is on a bye this week. That signing looks like it's going to work out for him. He's also, I see that he's moved CD Lamb into the starting wide position, which is almost like it took too long. Through five weeks, this guy's the wide receiver 12 in fantasy. So yeah, it's nice to see him. Nice to see him finally get promoted. So for Brent's sake, let's hope that the Red Rifle starting at QB, find some chemistry with the rookie. I don't know though. Like I still think it's going to be close. Like Fitzpatrick's a nice start for Nick against the Giant against the Jets this week. So I think it's going to be really really close. And I'm gonna put my pick behind the Sith Lords this week. Does it hurt? It hurts a bit, but both was gonna. It was gonna hurt either way. <laughs> like it was gonna hurt picking Brokeback or the Sith Lords. All right, Devin, who do you have? It was funny because I was gonna pick Nick. 
and I was going to say I don't pick a team starting a Detroit running back. And then I looked <laughs> over, and I was like, fuck. They both are starting Detroit running backs. And then I was like, I was like, wait a fucking minute. Sheehan is starting a Detroit running. How many fucking running backs does this team have? That's incredible. (laughs) Like we got three Detroit running backs starting this week in Baffle, and it's atrocious. So I'm gonna go back to my my rule, the way I live life, and I don't pick Nick. So Brent, you have my vote. I really don't want to pick Nick, but. I would feel a lot better if he moved Drake into that starting running back spot and started Jackson, even Juju. Oh, is he on a bye? That's okay. So that's what I missed. But even like Juju. I think that there's probably a free agent out there that offers more upside than DeAndre Swift. Yeah. So even if he goes to the free agent pool, I think Watson will do well. CeeDee Lamb has been a monster all year. Galladay is due for a big game. I will stick with the rule and pick Brokeback Belleville. Hey. All right, so that takes us to our last matchup. And normally, this spot is for the matchup of the week. But I think you guys have kind of pieced together as we look through all the matchups this week. Not very inspiring stuff. The big news here is that Jamie is without Melvin Gordon and Le'Veon Bell. Two guys he probably hoped would bowie his team this year. So this week, he's going to have to be carried by Stafford, Tyreek, and Robbie Anderson if he wants to have any chance against James's Nordiques. You look at James's lineup, James has guys who can have huge scores up and down the lineup. And I just don't think Jamie can keep up. Especially if Singletary repeats the performance he just had against Tennessee. So I'm taking the Nordiques, and I don't even think this one will be particularly close. Yeah, I mean, James's team is just so explosive. Playing them last week, I said I was feeling confident going into it, and then I finally put up, I don't know what it was, like 115 points or something, and I look over, and James is like 160. Like, it wasn't even close. Everyone just went off. Thielen, two touchdowns. DK, two touchdowns. Kelsey, 20 points. Henry, touchdown. It's like Darius Slayton put up 19 points or something on me. I think the Nordiques take this one pretty easily, despite the buys that they have. This is the first time I'm not going with the McFarves. It feels bad, but (laughs) I got to go with the Nordiques this week. Yeah, his team's in shambles. I haven't even seen any rumors out there about Bell signing with another team. I looked quickly, and I don't know if like somebody wants to pull it up, but I looked at MGM Casino to see what they had the betting odds at. And the team that is most likely to sign based on the odds, I think it was plus 400 or something, is Chicago, which would be wild for Brent. That would suck big time. Do you think that the reason that Bell hasn't signed is because he's still looking for good money? I don't think that matters anymore because he's already getting paid by the Jets. So now he can just go wherever he wants to win. Hmm. Do you think he cares about winning? That's what you know I read. Nine, you know it's 19 million of dead cap space for the Jets? <laughs> they just wanted him the fuck out of there, right? That's insane, dude. But that was a story since the beginning, and is how like Adam Gase did not want Bell on the team. He was like, yeah. I don't need him. And yeah. then they're like, what do you mean you don't need him? He's like the best running back in football right now. He can do it all. We're yeah. going to sign him. He's going to be our featured weapon. And then he was just like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> Let's sign Frank Gore. Anyways, I don't know if I said it officially, but yeah, James is going to win. All right, so that's another sweep. That brings us to the end of the week six preview and the end of episode four of Unbaffled. Join us again next week. Beauty, thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.